Amen. Well, good morning, church. As we said, my name is Tariq, and I currently serve in the awesome campus ministry. And I'm really grateful and really excited to preach God's word this morning. So before we start, let's go ahead and let's go to God in prayer. Dear Father God, we are so grateful for you, Father. We are so grateful for your church, God. You've given us a place where we can go and deepen our relationship with you, Father. And so, Father, I pray that you are with uh, me today as I speak. Father, I pray that you set me aside and I pray that you speak your words through me. Father, I pray that we're able to walk out of this building better people than we came in. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And so, Thanksgiving is upon us. Thanksgiving is upon us. It's coming up this Thursday. And so, whether you're ready or not, it's coming. Right? And so, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, um, today's lesson, it's, it's, it's kind of related to Thanksgiving, but not really. It's kind of through the back door here. Um, but uh, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I thought it might be cool to start off with a little discussion. All right? And so, and so, let's start off with a discussion here. What are some things that you are all thankful or grateful for? And so, raise your hand. I'll call on you right here. Okay, food. Right? And there's going to be a lot of food on Thursday. Right here. Oh, wow, that's the wife, Isabel. Okay, family. Okay, get baptized. Right, that's awesome. Salvation is awesome. All right, I heard family or, or friends back there. Right here, sir. Okay, fellowship, right? Less. Can you say that again? Okay, time off of work. That is something to be truly grateful for. Time off of work. We'll get right here in the front. Okay, so friends. Your cats? Okay, animals. Animals are good. Eddie? Okay, the girlfriend. Well, Rachel there. Okay, for peace. Right, peace is good. And we'll get one more in the back there. Yes, you. He said family? Great family. Great family. There you go. So his family reward him today. Right? And so we all have things that we are grateful for. You know, we all have things that we are, are thankful for. You know, and of course last week, for those of us who were, there, who were here, Greg Moretti, he came and he did a great job preaching about the end of the Beatitudes and how we need to become the light and salt of the earth. Right? And he gave us this study. He mentioned that there was a study done on Americans. Right? And the top four things that make Americans happy. Does anybody remember what they were? I have a slide that says it, but I want to test you guys. Four things. Okay, love was the first one. Health was the second one. Wealth. And so, yeah, self-expression. The teens got it. The teens take good notes. Here. But yeah, we have a, a slide. Yeah, so love, health, self-expression or work. So you got to love what you do. Um, it is good, lest to get some time off from work. Um, but love, make sure you love what you do. Um, and wealth, and of course being um, wealthy means to, to be content um, with what you have. And so all those things are just examples of things that make us happy. Right? Things that we were, were grateful for, things we're thankful for. They're examples of things that make us happy. You know, these four things, the study was done in America, examples of things that make us happy. You know, but, but what about this? You know, no one said this when they were sharing, um, but what about jail? What about jail? Who here would be utterly happy, like a child on, on Christmas morning happy, if somehow you ended up in jail tonight? 
No one? No? All right. Jail isn't exactly the happiest place on earth. You know, it's not in the top 10. It's not even in the top 500 happiest places on earth there. But the book of Philippians is an interesting book. You know, because the book of the in- Philippians is interesting, it's in- inspirational, it's inspiring. But it's interesting because Paul's situation, at first glance, doesn't really match what he's talking about. You know, because Paul here, he's in jail. Paul, he's in jail, he's chained up, right? Separated from his friends, his family, separated from the church because he's in jail. And he's not writing, telling them to pray for him. You know, he's not writing to tell them, hey, come bail me out. He's not saying that. He's not complaining. Paul is writing about joy. Now, he's in jail, and he's writing about contentment. Now, if you were in a jail cell, all by yourself, separated from everybody, and you had this letter you could write back to the Lifeway Church, what would you write about? You know, would it be about joy? You know, maybe you'll tell everybody, hey, you should be joyful because you're in church and I'm in jail. Maybe from that standpoint, right? But it's, it, it probably wouldn't be about contentment. Probably wouldn't be about joy. You know, I know a lot of us would probably be writing, hey, come help me, bail me out. You know? You know, it's probably not about joy, but for some reason, Paul was in this prison cell and he was going, hey, I'm okay. You know, hey, I'm, I'm fine. I'm chained up. I'm separated from everybody. But I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. You know, Paul had this attitude in Philippians. He had this attitude that anywhere he was, regardless of the circumstances, he knew he was going to be fine. You know, so that's what we're going to be discussing this morning. You know, we're going to do a study here on why Paul felt this way. You know, why he felt this way and and how we can imitate this attitude, not just for this holiday season, you know, not just for the rest of 2015, but for life. Amen. Amen. And so the title of today's lesson is The Key to Happiness. The Key to Happiness. If you're not already in Philippians, go ahead and turn there. You know, Philippians, it's a great book. You know, in Philippians 4, one of the most popular scriptures in the Bible is in there. In Philippians chapter 4, and that's Philippians 4.13. You know, many of us, we know this passage. Right? Many of us, we know this passage, and it says... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, popular passage there. A lot of us, we, we love this passage. Some of us, it's our favorite scripture in the Bible. And it's a great motivator, right? You know, we see this passage everywhere. We see this scripture everywhere. People, people like to tattoo it on themselves. Next slide. They like to tattoo it on themselves. You know, strength. I can do all things through Jesus. I have my tattoo. You know, people get t-shirts and apparel. You know, it's, it's a fashion statement. You know, we see it everywhere. We see it in athletics. You know, the Philippians 4.13 athlete, Stephen Curry, is a great example of this. You know, Stephen Curry, before he got famous, before he was in the NBA, he used to write this scripture on his shoe. You know, so he could see it throughout the game, so he could motivate himself. You know? Um, and then he got famous, um, got, got a little big there, and he got a shoe deal. And so the shoe company, Under Armour, actually embroiders that scripture on his shoe. You know, it just says that I could do all things. I wish it said through Christ, um, but amen. <laughs> all right, so Stephen Curry, right? I could do all things through Jesus for Steph Curry means I could be the greatest basketball player in the world. You know, he, he arguably is right now. He's playing out of his mind, yes. right? Evander Holyfield is another example. 
And this type of athlete, the Philippians 4.13 athlete. You know, Evander Holyfield, he had it on his robe. You can kind of see it there in the, in the corner there. He has 4.13 on his robe. He had this on his robe when he was going to go fight Mike Tyson. All right, so for Evander Holyfield, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Jesus, meant I'm going to go beat Mike Tyson. You know, and he did. All right, he beat Mike Tyson, and people were fired up for him. People were like, yeah, you're awesome. You're the real deal. You could do all things. You know, he started autographing things with the, the reference there. You can see it on his glove. You can see it in the picture. He included it in his, his autograph, right? I could do all things. You know, and he, 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 he wore the same robe for his next fight. You know, I can do all things. And he lost. He got beat up. <laughs> you know? But this passage is kind of our catch-all verse. You know, we're going through a tough time in life. It's kind of our catch-all verse for when we have something in our life that's difficult and we need God to give us the power to do it right then and there. You know, and so, again, this is a motivating passage. It's a motivating scripture, but let's, let's look at it in context this morning. You know, because, again, this is motivating, right? I could do all things. That's a great thing to tell yourself when you're in class and you didn't study for a test or you got to make a presentation at work. You know what I'm saying? Right? But Paul, he's using this scripture to refer to this key to happiness that we're going to be talking about this morning. Amen? Amen. And so again, Paul here, he's in jail, right, chained up, and he's writing this letter back to the church. And in verse 10, near the end of his letter, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. At last you renewed your concern in me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. And so what is the context of this verse? You know, what is the purpose? What is Paul trying to communicate here? You know, again, it's, it's great to use this as a motivator. You know, I use this for myself. I can do all things. You know, I use it for myself. But it is great to use this as a motivator. But Paul's not using this verse to tell you that you can go beat up Mike Tyson. Okay? He's not saying that. You know, Paul is using this verse. The purpose of this verse is to tell you that you are rich in Christ so that even if you don't have anything, you can still be content. You know, so point number one, the key to happiness in any situation is simply contentment. You know, the key to happiness is simply contentment. You know, contentment is defined by, by Google, Google Dictionary as a state of happiness and satisfaction. All right, a state of happiness and satisfaction. And we see it here with Paul. You know, again, Paul, he's in, he's in prison, and yet we don't see him complaining. You know, we don't see him anxious. You know, Paul's in prison, and he's actually satisfied. You know, he's content. And he's saying to these people, he's writing back to the, the Philippians, and he's saying, hey, it's great that you guys have been giving me stuff. You know, it's great that you've been trying to meet my needs, and that's cool, but the truth is, I don't really need it. You know, he says, hey, I've had plenty, and I'm fine. In verse 12, I had plenty, and I'm fine. Here I am in a jail cell, and I'm okay. 
You know, he goes, hey, there was times where, where I was in severe need and you guys couldn't get to me, but I'm still okay. You know, he goes, hey, there was times where I had plenty and I was well fed and I was okay during that time too. You know, the key to happiness in any situation is contentment. And in verse 12, we see Paul and he says, hey, I've learned the secret of being content. You know, this was something that Paul learned. All right, this is something that Paul learned through his experience. Through his experiences in following God, he has learned this secret to being content. You know, we're going to hit on that secret in a bit there, but he's learned to be content with whatever he had. Whether it was a lot, whether it was a little, you know, wherever he was at, in jail, you know. And so I have to ask you this question this morning, church. I have to ask you this question. Are, are you content? You know, are you content? Are you content with what God has given you? You know, this is a question that I consistently need to ask myself. All right? In my walk with God, I consistently need to ask myself this question. You know, because growing up, I didn't really have a lot. You know, I'm a triplet, and so I have two, I have a brother and a sister the same age as me. And so growing up, like birthdays and, and Christmas, like, you kind of had to divide it up. Right? My parents had to make sure we all got something. So we didn't, we didn't get a lot of gifts. You know, and so now growing up, right, and I have a little money in my pocket, right, I can be, be discontent with what I have. You know, I can get in this attitude of, I want more. You know, I want that. I want that. You know, and Paul is saying, hey, contentment, you know, a lot of us, you know, like me, I can kind of think that contentment is something you learn when you don't have a little bit. You know? Um, it, it's something you learn when you don't really have anything. But Paul's saying, hey, now sometimes you need to be content when you have a lot. And he's saying, hey, when I had a little bit, I was fine. When I had a lot, I was fine. And so Paul's saying, hey, you can learn being content regardless of your situation. You know, a lot of the times it's the people who, who have a lot are the, and, and they're the least content. You know, you turn on Entertainment Tonight, you turn on TMZ, whatever, and you'll see that all these millionaires, they just keep buying stuff. You know, they want more and more. You know, and, and lastly, we had a great time, the campus ministry. We went to Skid Row, all right, last Saturday. And we went and we were able to serve the poor. We were able to hand out lunches, sack lunches to, to the people on Skid Row. You know, and, and I'm willing to bet I'm willing to bet that there are more people on Skid Row who are more content than a lot of rich people. You know, there might even be more people on Skid Row who are more content than many of us in this room. You know, when I say that, I use that example to say hey, contentment is it's nothing, it has nothing to do with your circumstances. You have nothing to do with your circumstances, whether you have a lot, whether you have a little bit. You know, it, it's all about attitude. Contentment is all about attitude. If you came into this room thinking, hey, once I get this job, then I will be okay. Or once I get into this relationship, I'll be okay. You know, or Lord, if I could just keep this, if I could just keep my car, if I could just keep my house, then I'm going to be okay. All I want is this. All I want is that, and I'll be fine. You know, if there's a, if I can only have anything, in your life, or if that is your attitude, if I can only have this and I'll be okay, then it's, it's probably going to be hard for you to find contentment. 
You know, because that attitude is, is, is one of always wanting more. Always want more. You're not really looking at what you already have. You know, and I'm not saying you shouldn't desire things. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. You know, it's, it's fine to, to want something nice. You know, but if that is your attitude of always wanting something, if you always want more, and once you get that thing you wanted, you want more, it's going to be hard to find contentment. It's going to be hard to find satisfaction and joy because with that attitude, you're very rarely satisfied with what you have. Very rarely. You know, and so if you feel like over the past few weeks, you feel like you, you haven't been satisfied or you, you feel like you haven't been joyful or happy, you might want to ask yourself if you're content. And you might want to ask yourself if you're content with what you have. Because the key to happiness is contentment. Amen? Amen. Point number two. Contentment is found in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. You know, and that's the context of this passage. Paul here, he's in jail, and he's saying, hey, I can be in prison or wherever and still be content because in verse 12 he says, I've learned the secret. You know, I've learned the secret, and so I'm fine. Because I learned the secret to being content, wherever I am, I'll be okay because I can do all of that. I can be okay because I have Jesus. Because I have Jesus, I'm satisfied. You know, and, and a lot of people will look at this scripture. You know, a lot of people will look at this passage and look at Paul's attitude of just being happy, right, that he's in jail, just being satisfied, even though he's in jail. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I know for the first time when I looked at this passage and really understood that Paul was in jail and he was telling people to be happy, I was like, Paul, that doesn't make any sense. Because if I was in jail, I'd be complaining. You know, I'd probably be on the floor just moaning, oh, I'm in jail. You know, but Paul here, he's saying, hey, be happy. Right. You know, so people look at this passage and they, they say, how can you be content when you're living in this kind of condition? How can you be content like that, Paul? You know, and I just wanted to take a second and encourage some of you. You know, because some of you, you're going through some hard stuff in life. You know, some of you, you you've lost people. You've lost loved ones. Others of us have, we've lost our job. You know, we're going through a hard time financially. You know, we're going through some crazy health issues. And yet you're content. You know, and I, I tip my hat to you because if you're feeling that way, despite those circumstances, then that means Jesus is enough for you. You know, and that's when you can tell when somebody gets it. You know, when somebody gets it, right, when it's really difficult for them and they still find joy. Right? They're still happy. You know, or even when, when somebody has a lot and they just give it away. Right? Kind of like Oprah on her Christmas specials. Right? They just give it away. Right? Because they're like, you know what? I have a lot, but I don't really care because Jesus is enough for me. You know, Christ is really everything for them. And so I have another question I want to ask you, church. You know, have you learned this secret that Paul is talking about here? You know, have you learned the secret that Paul is talking about in Philippians 4? You know, no matter what life throws at you, you have this attitude of, I, just, I, don't, I don't care. You know, it doesn't bother me. And not because you, you don't care about your current situation. You know, not because of that, but because Jesus is enough for you. And because you have Jesus, you can be going through whatever, and you're still content. 
You know, how many people do you know with that attitude? How many people do you know with this attitude of, you know what, I'm content no matter what? You know, how many people do you know that have a type of contentment like Paul's? Right, a type of contentment that actually demands an explanation for. You know, the, the type of contentment that people look at and they say, you know, wait, this is impossible. You should be mad at yourself. You should be angry. You should be stressed out. You should be worried. And they look at you and they're like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just happy. I've learned this, the secret that Paul is talking about. And, you know, I'm, I really do care what I'm going through, but it's, it's not big to me. You know, it's not a big deal. Because I don't, I don't need this to be happy. I don't need that job. I don't need that relationship. I don't need that place to stay because I have Jesus. You know, have you learned the secret that Paul is talking about here in Philippians? Contentment is found in Jesus Christ alone. And so Paul, again, he's saying, hey, I'm content. I'm happy. I'm in jail, but I'm okay because I have Jesus. You know, Jesus died for me, and so I can go to jail and be fine. You know, and so if the key, point one, if the key to happiness is contentment, and if contentment is found in Jesus Christ alone, then the key to happiness becomes Jesus. You see how that works, church? Right, the key to happiness, it becomes Jesus. And so what is your relationship with Jesus like this morning? What is your relationship with Jesus like? You know, if you find yourself unhappy, if you came in here unhappy and unsatisfied, you know, or even if you feel like you've been happy, or if you came in here unhappy and unsatisfied, ask yourself, man, am I content? Do I take my, do I find joy in Jesus? You know, or even if you feel happy, ask yourself, why, why am I happy? You know, is it because of Jesus? Or is it because of all these other things that I have? All right, because Jesus, Jesus never goes away. You know, a car, a house, all that is material. I mean, all that stuff can go away. And so if you're, if you're looking for happiness in that, then I, I don't know how much longer you can be content for, or you can be happy for. But if you look for Jesus, if you look for happiness in Jesus, like Paul, you'll always be happy. You know, you'll always be content. And so what is your relationship like with Jesus? You know, Paul, he continues in verse 14, and he says, Hey, but it was kind of you to share in my troubles. All right, so he's, he's having this conversation here, and he's like, You know what? I'm okay. You guys are trying to take care of me, but I'm okay. Yeah, it was, it was kind of you to, to share in my troubles. You know, I appreciate that from you. So Paul, he's being thankful. You know, he's, he, he's giving thanks to those who sympathized with him. You know, and the people who were giving to him. You know, point number three... Point number three, content people are giving people. Content people are giving people. And so Paul here, in verse 17, let's pick it up. It says, not that I desire your gifts. All right, so he's saying, hey, it's not like I, I don't want what you're giving me. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Verse 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You know, and so Paul he, here he's saying, hey, when you give out of contentment, I'm excited for you. 
You know, I'm, I'm actually more excited for you. You know, I'm, my needs are being met, but I'm actually more excited for you when you give. You know, he's saying, hey, I'm in jail, but I'm fine. I'm in jail, but I'm fine. I'm okay. I don't really need to eat for a few days. You know, I, I figured out how to be content in that. You know, I have Jesus, and so I'm going to be okay. And then he goes, hey, but when you guys give, right, when you're content, when you guys give, I'm actually excited for you. You know, I get excited for you because I, he says more will be accredited in verse 15, 17. He says, more will be credited to your account. You know what he's saying? So I, I like the way you're going to be rewarded when you give. You know, more is going to be credited to your account when you give. And so I like that way. I like the reward you're going to get. But not only that, not only will you get a reward, but in verse 19 he says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And so he's saying, hey, not only will you get this reward, not only will more be credited to you, but God's going to meet your needs. You know, because you're caring for all these people, because you're so giving, God is going to go meet your needs. You know, and that's a, that, that's a biblical principle. Right? That's a, that's a principle in Scripture. You know, Proverbs 11, verse 25, popular verse, a lot of us know it, but it says, a generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And so it's saying, hey, you know, a generous person, they, they, they prosper. Right? But, but the person who, who refreshes others, the, per- the person who meets somebody's needs, their needs are going to get met. You know, it sounds like verse 19. What Paul is saying there. Psalm 37, verse 25. I like this passage a lot. But it says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet... I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. All day long he is gracious and lends all of his, and his descendants are a blessing. Alright, so Psalm is cool because David is writing here and it's kind of cool because he's kind of reflecting on his life. You know, I'm 24 and so there's not much I see when I reflect on my life. But at this time, <laughs> at this time, David was like around 70. You know, David, young man at 70. Um, but he was at 70, he was kind of reflecting and looking back at his life. You know, he's saying, you know what, I'm, I'm 70 now, I've seen a lot of things. You know, I've been on earth for a while, I've seen a lot. You know, and, 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 and I noticed, in all my years, I noticed that people who live righteous lives, all right, people who are right with God, you know, people who have a relationship with Jesus, and because they have a relationship with Jesus, because they have a relationship with God, they're content. Alright, so I've never seen somebody who is righteous, who's right with God, and who's content, and who gives out of that. I have never seen their children begging for bread. And he goes, I've never seen their children in desperate need. You know, and that's why Paul is saying, hey, I love this reward you're going to get. You know, I love when you give because God's going to meet your needs. You know, he's going to supply every need. It's like David's saying, hey, I've never seen righteous people, their children, in desperate need. You know, and you talk to any parents, their needs become their kids' needs. Right? And so you see there how God is, is actually meeting the next generation. And so when parents are giving, their children are going to be satisfied. God's going to meet their children's needs. You know, and this is something that Jesus taught, didn't he? You know, in Matthew 6... You know, Jesus says, hey, if you seek the kingdom first, if you seek everything near and and dear to God, then he's going to meet all your needs. You don't have to worry. Anything you worry about, he lists 
food, clothes. Or he lists your life. You know, he says, don't worry about your life. He lists all these things that are actually necessary for survival. Right? Things that, you know, it's, you know, you can have an excuse for worrying about. Right? But he's saying, hey, all these things that you, you worry about, all these things you need for survival, God's going to meet if you seek Him first. You know, if you're giving to God. And so we see here that content people, they're not only happy, and they're not only giving, but they're blessed people. You know, Paul, he, he's excited here in Philippians. He's like, man, if you guys give, you're going to get a reward. You know, and not only that, you're gonna, your needs are going to get met, but this reward... In heaven, you're going to get these treasures that moth and, and rust, they don't, they don't destroy. You know, so you're on earth and you're, you're, you're placing your contentment on material things, but if you, if you actually put it in Jesus, you're going to get a reward in heaven that, that's never going to fade. You know, are you content this morning? You know, the content people, they're not only happy, you know, they're not only giving, but they're also blessed people. You know, but the key here is that it all starts with being content. You know, this idea of, of I can do all things through Him. All right, this motivating verse, I can do all things through Him, is actually rooted in contentment. It's, being, it's rooted in, in satisfaction. You know, and as we saw earlier, contentment is actually rooted in a relationship with God. Amen. Amen. So I have some practicals here. Some practical ways we can kind of apply this, what Paul is telling us here in Philippians 4, um, throughout not only our holiday weekend, but our lives here. And so practical number one, hey, get right with God. All right, contentment is found in Jesus. If you're not right with Jesus this morning, get right with Jesus. All right, find true happiness. You know, study the Bible. All right, study the Bible with the person who brought you out and find contentment through Jesus. Amen? Amen. Practical number two. Practical number two, spend some extra time with God this week. You know, it's Thanksgiving, as Les mentioned, um, time off from work, time off from school. And so we have a lot of free time here this week. And so I want to encourage you to spend some extra time with God this morning, or this week, not this morning, this morning too. Um, spend some extra time with God this week. You know, and, and think about everything he's given you throughout, his, throughout your walk with him. Think about all the answered prayers. Think about all the met needs. You know, spend some extra time reflecting there. And I'm sure if you do that, you'll find contentment this Thanksgiving week. Practical number three, give back. Give back this holiday season. Paul's talking about how, how content people are giving people. Right? And the Bible talks about how when we give, we get a reward. You know, and our needs are actually met. And so do your best to give back this holiday season. All right, again, extra time. You know, time off for the holidays. There's plenty of opportunities to give in our communities. All right, serve the poor. You know, spend some time with the elderly. You know, do something. Give back. Refresh others so that you can be refreshed. Amen. Amen. So let's, be all, let's all be men and women who live with contentment, not only this holiday season, right? not only Thanksgiving week, not only Christmas, not only for 2015, but for the rest of our lives. Amen. 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 And so... We're going to go ahead and pray, but before I pray, um, I have an announcement, right? And so, if, you're, if your parents and your kids are in Kids Kingdom, all right, it's 11.15, and so you have 15 minutes of, of extra fellowship there. So don't go get your kids until 11.30. All right, cool, you see them 
I'm being, being nice to you guys, giving you 15 extra minutes there. All right, so let's go ahead and let's pray, and let's have a great Thanksgiving week. Amen. Dear Father God, we are so grateful for you. Father, you are, you are the God who, who loves us. Father, you love us unconditionally. Father, you give us more than what we could think for. You know what I'm saying? Father, you meet our needs, God, and we love you so much, Father. Thank you for your son. God, thank you for Jesus who came and, and gave his life for people who didn't really deserve it. Father, thank you for Jesus for giving us your son so that we can be happy. So we can be content, Father, I pray that we could be men and women who seek happiness and seek joy and seek contentment through your Son. Father, I pray that we can be people who, who are giving. Father, I pray that we can be people who refresh others and watch how you refresh us. Father, I love you so much. I pray that you are with us for the rest of our day. In your name I pray. Amen. I could meet with uh, Glendale United up here on stage real quick. Glendale United real quick.
going to be here or not. Which is why, honestly, I made their so cheesy. Like, like, San Diego, honestly, they do this song, I show a video, and then they do two songs. So they, it, it's pretty easy. There's some tricky stuff with the Latinos, but we can work that out. You know, I purposely made it simpler. 